Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm gonna to be talking about how to handle difficult lighting situations as a wedding photographer. My name is Katherine Guidry. I'm a full-time wedding photographer of almost 15 years. And before we dive into the content, if you want to learn about how to price your base price for wedding photography, be sure to visit the description below. All right, let's talk about difficult lighting situations because I know this is a huge challenge and there are so many different scenarios that we run into as wedding photographers. And so what I wanna do is address some of the different situations and maybe even show you some different examples of lighting so that it can help you in your wedding photography. So the first thing I wanna talk about is natural light. And even with natural light, there can be difficult situations, right? Like just because there's sun out or we're using natural light doesn't mean that it's always easy. I do wanna point out one thing. If you're using natural light and you're indoors, I highly encourage you to turn off the artificial light. So lamps, overhead lights, anything that is not natural light, especially if you're photographing someone by a window or a flat lay, because what happens is that you end up getting a mix of colors. Natural light tends to be usually on the blue side of things and the artificial light is gonna be more of like a yellow orange tone and you don't want them mixing on your details or your subject. When you forget, it does make a difference and you know we don't wanna have every photo that we're providing for the client in black and white because the lighting was terrible. So try to eliminate the different lighting sources and stick to the one that works. When it comes to natural light indoors, if you're using window light, for example, you wanna pay attention to a couple of things, making sure that there is uh, light on the subject. Oftentimes people like say the, the bride is getting dressed. You wanna make sure that there's light on the bride and the mom, for example. So don't be afraid to you know, step in and say, can you move over and get light on everyone? If you're photographing details, you want to make sure that the lighting isn't just one direction, that you are, you know, maybe getting light from in front of your details and from the side, that it's maybe bouncing off of the walls around you. If you only have one window and there's like a really stark contrast, then I suggest putting the light at the top of the details. But with window light, it can be kind of harsh sometimes. And so if you're able to, you know, have an assistant use a reflector or fill in with a video light, I've done that in the past, but it kind of helps to keep things even. But when you do have window light, use it. Use the window light that's available to you, especially during prep, because it's gonna make your images look so much better. Try to eliminate the distractions in the background and use that light to your advantage. If you're photographing outdoors and there's no shade, I suggest doing a backlit image at a 45. So that is our favorite way to approach lighting is to backlight. We position the sun behind the subject and their shadows are gonna be in front of them in that situation. And it just creates this bright, airy, dreamy look for the photography. When there is an overcast day or there's a lot of shadows on the client, literally just walk around them until you find the best light. We don't want like dark shadows around our client's eyes or making their skin tones and their skin not look its absolute best. And so even with natural light, you wanna move around with your subject and focus on the best light first. 
Do not just go in and look for the best location. Even if the client has a specific idea in their mind that, you know, we really, really, really want to do these photos in front of this arch. If you as the photographer feel that the lighting is going to create harsh shadows or less than ideal lighting situations, it is your job to communicate that to them. Just say, hey, look, you can even snap a photo and just say, if I, if I photograph all of these photos here, this is what it's going to look like. Whereas if I photograph over here, this is what it's going to look like. And I can tell you that light will always prevail over location, especially if you show the client and they see that they look better in good light, they're going to want good light. So you want to seek out that good light. I'm showing you some samples here of, you know, really beautiful lighting situations on our clients. We look for tree covering. We look for backlight. What we don't do is we don't look for shadows and light that makes the skin look less than ideal. When it comes to the receptions, if it's a situation where we cannot use the ambient light, whether there's not enough of it or the lighting isn't good, then we use a speed light. I'll put the speed light on my camera with a bounce card or a diffuser of some sort. I know a lot of people use the MagMod diffuser. I just use the bounce card more often than not. And that will allow me to fill in the shadows of those I'm photographing. It's not as big of a deal to me when I'm photographing dancing or candid moments at the reception, but if people are getting together for grip and grins, I will put that speed light on my camera, I will put that bounce card up and put light into the shadows of their eyes. When I'm photographing receptions, I usually have my aperture on my 24-70 set to 2.8, and I'll have my shutter speed obviously below 250th because I'm using a flash. And then I'll just I adjust my ISO as needed. But I try to let in some ambient light to get that feel of the reception, but just fill in the shadows with my flash. If you're in a situation where you don't like the ambient light, maybe you're photographing at a reception and the band lights are just too much. What you can do is you can dial down and create what people refer to as the black box. So turn off your flashes, turn off any artificial light, and basically make your camera dark image, the camera image dark. So you would turn down your ISO, maybe turn up your aperture, up your shutter speed. Don't go too high though, because you don't want to exceed the sync speed of your flashes, because when you turn your flashes on, you still want to be able to sync with them. So when you do get into that situation where you're not getting either any or much ambient light, then we're going to turn on our flashes and we're going to use that flash to light our subject. What that does is it cancels out the ambient light and it's strictly relying on the artificial light that you are providing in that space. So even right now, as I'm filming this video, it is around 11 o'clock at night, which I know is probably hard to believe because it's so bright in this room, but when I set the camera, I basically set it so that I, I turned off the artificial light. I set it so that I was only relying on the artificial light that I'm using for this video and I'm using the Profoto B10 to light it. So same thing on a wedding day. You don't want the crazy band lights or the ambient light. You can dial all that out of your camera and then just use your speed lights or whatever off-camera lighting that you're using. I will say I do personally usually like a mix at receptions of the ambient light and the artificial light. That is one of those situations where I do kind of mix different lights. I feel like it just gives you a better sense of what it looked like at the event itself while still 
lighting up the subject, filling in the shadows and making the client happy in the end. I made this mistake one time um, and I will never make this mistake again, which is that you want to shoot in raw when you're photographing a wedding. This seems very basic, but I did make this mistake. Like I said, at one point, I think somehow I was changing my settings and I accidentally switched them from raw to JPEG for a portion of the ceremony. And it was very difficult to edit those images. So the raw version of your photographs are going to give you the most information, the most editing capabilities, and you're going to want that after the fact. When we're photographing weddings, we're working with what we've got. We're, we're working with the lighting that's given to us, the situation, the day, and those things change many, many, many times from the time you arrive until the time you depart. And so you want to be able to use raw files so that when you do get into that post-processing part of the wedding, that you have that flexibility in order to edit them and be able to produce the best result. This is something that I've done, especially in the later years years is scouting in advance. I realize it's not always possible to do this, but when you can try to figure out what the lighting is going to be at that moment on the day of the wedding. So for example, if I'm photographing a wedding in spring, you know, the first look is at like three o'clock. I will actually try to the week of the wedding if I've never photographed there before, or if there's a question about what that lighting situation is going to be, I'm pretty good about working on the fly, but sometimes I do want to scout in advance. And so when you're scouting, a key tip is to try to scout as close to the time and season of which you'll be photographing. So, you know, don't scout at 11 a.m. in a location that you're gonna be photographing in at four because it's gonna feel completely different. So try to scout at about that same time, same place, same season. And that sometimes can help you plan ahead so that if there is like a weird lighting situation, maybe you need to switch and shoot somewhere else altogether or, or come up with an alternative way or of shooting in that space. And so planning ahead can be very great. If it's a location where maybe I'm unable to physically be there in advance, I will have the client actually do a video for me in that space at the same time at which we'll be shooting and just kind of pan around. They won't necessarily know what they're looking for, but I can look at that video and say, okay, yes, this location is going to work. This is the direction that we're going to shoot. And that has been super helpful for our destination clients. I think when it comes to handling different and difficult lighting situations, there's always a way to navigate that. There is, of course, the ability to figure out, okay, what's the best direction that I can shoot this in? So I talked earlier about shooting backlit, you know, but if it's noon, for example, and there's not a lot of flexibility in terms of like the sun, maybe you switch locations. Our job as photographers is to learn to see the light and to understand how to produce the most beautiful images. And sometimes it's little things like covering your camera to prevent sun flare or moving your client over when they're right directly in front of a window so that they're not blown out and hazy around their head. But I think that the more you do this and the more practice that you have, 
the better you'll be at seeing the light and noticing things like, okay, if I'm photographing outside and the client is in the grass, well then of course the sun is gonna be reflecting onto the grass back onto the client's skin. So you wanna look for neutral settings, things that don't have a bunch of color casts so that your client's skin tones look really accurate and, and really beautiful. So I hope this video was helpful. If you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to drop them into the comments. I hope seeing the images for this video was helpful just to kind of understand how we're applying the light in these different situations. And you know, at the end of the day, it is truly a matter of practicing and observing and just understanding the light so that we can get better at that. So I hope that this video has helped you and just seeing these examples brought you one step closer to being there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe if you find this content helpful and I will see you in the next episode.